Good morning, everyone. Today's scripture reading is from Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditated on it every night and day, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. Let us pray. Most merciful and triune God, we come to you in our weakness. We come to you in our fear. We come to you with trust, for you alone are our hope. We place before you the disease present in our world. We turn to you in our time of need, bring wisdom to doctors, give understanding to scientists, endow caregivers with compassion and generosity, bring healing to those who are ill, protect those who are most at risk, Give comfort to those who have lost a loved one. Welcome those who have died into your eternal home. Stabilize our communities. Unite us in our compassion. Remove all fear from our hearts. Fill us with confidence in your care. Amen. God of mercy, of wisdom and mystery we gather knowing that our bonds are rooted in God and that we strengthen that we strengthen and enable one another for mission. God, we call to you this day when those who are we call to you this day when those who are sick, those who have been disproportionately impacted by this pandemic, and the memories of those who have passed weigh so heavily upon our hearts. We remember all that has been lost to us during this COVID-19 crisis. And today, we remember those who have died during this pandemic. May this candle represent for us the light of our shared memories and the light of comfort and strength. God of mercy, even in our worst moments, your loving kindness surrounds us. Our confident faith that you are with us enables us to go on. We give you thanks for the ways in which you comfort and strengthen us in these challenging days. We trace the movement of your grace through those among us who have risked their lives to save others. We are comforted by those who offer kindness to persons in distress, 
and by those who have not let fear and hatred overcome love. We, re we realize that we can no longer be who we have been in the ways we have been. We are learning kindness toward one another. We are learning to take better care of the earth. We are learning to take better care of ourselves and each other. We are learning that we can find the money for that which is necessary. We are learning that there are certain things that we can, that we can live without. We are learning that we don't want to live without our loved ones. We are learning how important it is to let them know how important they are to us and how unimportant petty grievances and resentments are. For all the public officials, neighbors, friends, and strangers who have brought to our lives solace and clarity for purpose, we give thanks. For all the healthcare workers, mass transit workers, grocery store workers, trash collectors, and all of the essential workers, we give thanks. For the calm and reassuring voices of the wise who give us comfort and strength, we give thanks. God of all creation, you have taught us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We live by hope in the future you hold for us and for the earth. Strengthen our hopes, when it falters and, cheat, and teach us to strive in all we do to realize the hope that is in your word and witness. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus, who came, who came among us to show us the way. Amen. Good morning, good morning, storefront. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I want to uh, thank uh, David and the launch team, the leadership team for inviting me to be with you on today. Let me just get myself this little here. Okay, good, 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 good. Enough light, good. Um, thank you, David and your team for inviting me to, uh, to be with you on today, to worship with you all on today. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Um, it's been a pleasure knowing David and meeting some of the team uh, previously, but it's been a pleasure serving with David, learning with him, growing with him uh, through our work um, at uh, Redeemer City to Cities, uh, some of the programming we do in support of uh, church planters and church plants. So it's just a pleasure being with you all on uh, this day. I've been looking forward to this day been praying regarding uh, what the Lord might have for me to share with you on today. So um, before I go further, would you join me in prayer? Uh, Father God, um, we thank you um, for your kindness, for your tender mercies. Um, Lord, we, we thank you for the technology that even allows us to, um, to gather in this way during this pandemic. Um, Lord, um, as we uh, share on this morning uh, what you put on our heart to share, um, we ask that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight. Lord, um, take, take these written words, O oh Lord, and breathe, Holy Spirit, breathe life into them. And Lord, again, let, let the hearts that are on the uh, virtual service today be receptive to the things that you've given me to share. And Lord, and bless this ministry, oh God. 
And these things I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Um, my wife and I live in Brooklyn, and uh, we've been blessed to uh, be able to work from home during the pandemic. But like uh, many of us, it's been a tough year. So, you know, I, uh, I was, though I serve in a multicultural church in Brooklyn, I grew up in the Black church, and that will be a spot where most of us would say amen. It's been a tough year. Um, when the pandemic started, it felt like we were unwilling actors in a really bad movie. I remember being in Midtown Manhattan and seeing the street completely empty. Um, but then the coronavirus started to hit closer and closer to home. Uh, it moved from four degrees of separation to three degrees to two, and finally uh, close friends and family began to get sick and a few died. The pandemic has certainly impacted everything we're familiar with, our routines, our relationships, and for some of us, our jobs. All of this has been compounded by feelings of anger from witnessing uh, ongoing incidents of racial injustice and from feelings of anxiety related to all of the political uncertainty surrounding us right now. A frontline worker describes 2020 in this way. Our lives, our lives have changed drastically in the last few months. As a chaplain and epidemiologist, I've been stretched to the limit professionally and personally. In the past months, I've had moments of deep joy and faith in humanity, seeing people singing from balconies, waving to my neighbor's kids who call out, you're doing great whenever I run by. Extra calls and check-ins from friends and family, and yet there have been many moments of fear and exhaustion. I've lost income while working harder than ever. At the hospital, I've seen the terror on patients', patients faces as they've been told what this could mean for their already sick children. I've cried and seen some of the strongest people I know cry. Most of the healthy ways I cope, like being with others, going to the gym and traveling have been taken away. These are unprecedented times. And now the dreaded second wave of the virus seems to be shutting the world back down. Uh, one of my colleagues got so angry this week when Bill de Blasio closed the schools that after a one year hiatus off Twitter, he went back on just to let the mayor know how pissed he was. And quite frankly, if I could be personally, if I could personally keep it real, um, this past Thursday, I think I hit a wall. I found myself sitting in our kitchen in a daze or a haze or something, feeling physically and emotionally exhausted. So as I was preparing for today, I wondered how the scriptures might speak to our need for not only physical, but also emotional wellness. Um, I want, to, uh, I want to turn our attention to a scripture passage I believe can provide some insights as we navigate this COVID-19 crisis. Um, we didn't read it in the bio, but I have a background in community mental health. Um, so if you would allow me, I want to proceed a little differently today. And I don't know if it's going to be preachy per se, 
uh, but rather touch upon some of the psychological and theological resources uh, I believe are in this text that was read for us. Uh, then I want to conclude with a prayer, a prayer of remembrance, a prayer of comfort, and a prayer of hope. Is that okay? Hopefully so. Amen. Please, Amen. Please pray for me. Um, as was read for us, our scripture passage is found in the book of jo Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Joshua has been trained by Moses to become the nation's next leader. But he's got a tough act to follow. Joshua is following in the footsteps of the greatest leader his people have ever known. No prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, who the Lord, it said, knew God face to face. Israel had been wandering and wandering in the wilderness for 40 years waiting for this moment. But it was now not Moses's task, but it was now Joshua's task to lead the nation into the promised land. The book of Joshua opens with the nation of Israel and its new leader in a state of mourning. They are grieving the, the death of Moses. We learn from the book of Deuteronomy that precedes the book of Joshua that they've been in mourning for 30 days. Now this may seem odd to some of us uh, for an American culture, unfortunately, most of the support uh, for those who are grieving occurs, I would argue when it's needed the least. Anyone who's experienced the death of a loved one will tell you. The weight of grief usually hits you after everyone has gone home. In Jewish culture, however, not only do they sit shiva and grieve for seven days, if it's a close family member or important member of the community, they mourn for an entire 30 days as we see with Moses. And in some instances, space is even made in the faith community for grieving throughout the entire first year. So our story, so as our story opens, we find them grieving, grieving the loss of the person who led them out of Egyptian slavery, grieving the loss of the one who guided them through the wilderness, grieving the loss of the one who led them for 40 years right up to the border of the promised land. Grief is the pain of loss. As a result of this pandemic, we all know loss. The pandemic has brought us loss and grief, which is the human response to loss. Many losses are of people, our family, our partners, our friends, and our neighbors. But we've also experienced losses in other important areas, school, work, proms, sports, weddings, funerals, and quite frankly, our daily routine. There is no ranking of loss. Each person's grief is personal. But make note of this, grief is normal. We grieve the loss of what we care about. If you're hoping to avoid, if you're hoping to avoid grief, then you'd have to avoid love. Seen this way, grief is something of value. It's worth protecting. Grief is necessary. 
Grief is how loss heals. Grief is powerful. Grief, grief is a powerful and deep experience of how we deal with loss. There's no one right way to grieve. There is just a process that each of us must go, must go through, a process that integrates our losses into our lives. Some of us experience feelings of apathy or irritability. Many report, many report sleeping too little or too much, poor or increased appetite, weight gain or loss, that will be me, weight gain or loss. Still others have feeling of anxiety, worry, fear, or hopelessness. Each of our experiences of, each of our experiences of loss is different. And though each of us must negotiate our own darkened passage, Grief can be lightened with the help of a loving community. In our scripture passage, we see that the space for grieving was incorporated. Let me repeat that the space for grieving was incorporated into the life of the nation of Israel. The absence of adequate grieving then is not a sign of spirituality. I think I should repeat that also. The absence of adequate grieving is not a sign of spirituality. Grieving should not be short-circuited by pseudo-praise. The scriptures clearly exhort us to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. The fact that God doesn't speak until the opening verses of the book of Joshua points to the possibility, now I'm, I'm taking a theological leap here, Dave, points to the possibility that God himself has been participating in the grieving process. Imagine that, a God who loves us so much that he grieves with us. But let's look at something else that may help us navigate the COVID-19 crisis. Not only is Moses dead, but Moses has not been allowed to enter the promised land. Now, if anybody went into the land, some, might have, some may have thought it should have been Moses. His death outside the, land, outside the land seems tragic. It looks like Moses was deprived of the opportunity for which his whole life had been directed. Moses' death outside the land confronts us with a troubling truth about COVID-19, and that is, Sometimes our best efforts are not sufficient to understand the tragedies we witnessed during this pandemic. That's worth repeating also. Sometimes our best efforts are not sufficient to understand the tragedies we witnessed during this pandemic. For me, um, those tragedies included the death of one of my mentors. Bishop James Gaylord. He was a godly man of integrity, a humble leader, and like David, a man after God's own heart. His tragic death from the coronavirus still makes no sense to me. And sadly, many of us have likewise witnessed the seemingly senseless death of loved ones during this pandemic. Lives that have inexplicably been cut short by COVID-19. I can only say that in the absence of easy answers, 
our hope is in a God whose son also died a tragic death. It is a hope then in a God who has the ability to relate to, grieve with, and comfort those of us who have loved ones that have tragically died from this violence. So grief is normal and grief is necessary. But here's the problem. The scriptures tell us that no one knows where Moses was buried. The site is shrouded in secrecy. Only God knows where Moses' body is. Joshua and the people of Israel may therefore have not been able to fully say goodbye. As a result, this may have been the first case of virtual grieving. As we know, hospitals are not allowing family members to be present at their loved one's deathbed. A virtual goodbye is now one of the new norms we have adapted to. For example, a local teacher's husband contracted COVID-19 but she wasn't at his bedside when he died. She was, she was sheltering in place with her children. She said goodbye to her, her, to her husband over an iPhone held by his doctor. This is death in America during the coronavirus. Our frontline responders are now the last in-person human connection for many patients. But having the opportunity to say goodbye to our loved ones is a critically important part of the grieving process. Without this, families are often left without closure. In addition, people are no longer allowed to congregate for funerals. No eulogies, no casket lowered into the ground, no having people visit your home, no sharing memories about the person, the loved one lost. Mourners are forced to grieve alone. But those, who mourn, but those who mourn alone are more likely to experience complicated grief. Grief we've, grief we've shared is the pain of loss. Harriet Witt agrees, quote, I've struggled, I've struggled with a survivor's guilt for being among the lockdown lucky. In April, I began to realize that the COVID-19 crisis isn't something we can put behind us quickly. This demands that we, and listen to this phrase, this demands that we mourn the loss of beliefs killed by the crisis. That we mourn the loss of beliefs killed by the crisis. Those beliefs served us for a long time. So they'll haunt us like hungry ghosts if they're not honored with a proper funeral and burial. She goes on to say, then I faced the fact that I had no idea how to conduct this service. With this realization, her compost mound, uh, you gardeners know what a compost mound is. Her compost mound became the site for her funeral for dead beliefs. She states, now as I pray over my COVID-19 mound, I appreciate the rich soil it's generating. I envision this soil fertilizing for us fertilizing ways for us to live sustainably on our planet. As I sob over our collective tragedy, my tears moisten and soften the ground, enabling the roots of our humanity to reach down." Close quote. So what about the process? We all know in some way that normal has changed. 
and the world will never be the same. We are all collectively grieving the world that once was. I'll repeat that. We are all collectively grieving the world that once was. This week, parents of school-age children are grieving the loss of access to in-class learning. As was shared by one of the team members earlier, many of us are grieving the loss of Thanksgiving tradition. My question to you today is, what are you grieving? Who have you lost? What have you lost? And how are you reacting and dealing with that loss? Joshua is called to lead God people into a long awaited land. The obstacles ahead loom large. There will be ample opportunities for fear and dismay. Yet in the midst of virtual grieving, the Lord tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. The Lord had promised the land to them. Joshua could be strong and courageous on the basis of God's promise. And then the Lord repeats to Joshua, be strong and courageous. But this time on the basis of God's presence. Don't be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In C.S. Lewis's The Voyager of Dawn of the Dawn Shredder, there's a scene where Lucy and her friends set sail toward what appears to be an island, only to discover that it's no island at all. It's a darkness. The crew makes a foolhardy decision to enter into the darkness, only to discover that within the utter blackness is a place where dreams, the kind of dreams that are really nightmares, come true. They turn the ship to sail out, but already they begin to hear from within the darkness the sounds of the horrible things they most fear. Lucy whispered, Aslan, Aslan, if you ever loved us at all, send help down. The darkness did not grow any less, but she began to feel a little better. Then Lucy saw something approach, an albatross. It circled the ship and then perched. It called out in a strong, sweet voice what seemed to be words, though no one understood them. After that, it spread its wings, rose, and began to fly slowly ahead, bearing a little to starboard. Grinnian steered after it, no doubting, not doubting that it offered good guidance. But no one except Lucy knew that it circled the mass. It had whipped, but no one knew that as it circled the mass, it had whispered to her, courage, dear heart. And the voice she felt sure was Aslan. Lucy found courage and strength in this whispered voice. And Joshua found it in God's words to him. This same God still speaks courage and wisdom into our lives. In the midst of a pandemic and political uncertainty, God yet calls his people to the promises of his word and the comfort of his presence. He is the one whose name like Joshua's means the Lord saves. But rather than just saving his people from emotional distress, and physical harm, he saves them from a far greater enemy, sin itself. 
He is the one who brings all of God's promises to fulfillment. Just as the Lord told Joshua, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So Jesus promises us, surely I am with you even to the very end of the age. Amen.